Hey guys, Chris here to let you know that this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why is brought to you once again by Swanson Health. Swanson Health has been producing quality vitamins and supplements, foods, healthy home, and self-care products for over 50 years, since 1969 to be exact, and they do so from the heart of America. What's great about Swanson Health is they also offer a full spectrum of wellness products from everything from your mind to your body to your home, and the thing that gives me confidence is that Swanson only supports products they're proud to use and give to their own families. They back absolutely everything on the website by strict quality standards with the Swanson Quality Code. I talked about this a little bit last week, but I mentioned Swanson was kind enough to send us over a little goodie pack of products, and at the end of the day, my favorite was the Vital Proteins Collagen Peptides. I have tried a lot of collagen peptides, every brand you can imagine, and the thing that I think Vital does better than a lot of the other ones is how smoothly it mixes. And for anybody who regularly uses like a whey protein or collagen peptides or a BCAA, they know that if it doesn't mix smoothly, it's gross. And frankly, you're probably not going back to it. Not the case here, unflavored, you put it in your favorite drink, you mix it in, you don't even know it's there and you get all of the great benefits for your skin, your hair, your nails and and your joints. Absolutely a top flight A1 product. Swanson Health has over 20,000 wellness products on their website at swanson.com. So head over there. You can find whatever you're looking for. And this is incredible. You know what's coming. We've got a great promo for you. Using our code WRONG20, W-R-O-N-G-2-0, you can get 20% off your entire order. So head on over to swanson.com today. You know, you can support the show by using our promo code. And quite frankly, more importantly, you're supporting your own health and wellness. Once again, that's wrong20 for 20% off at swanson.com. Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and he is why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and he is why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. I'm Chris Wardell. This is Take Two, joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, how's it going? Uh, now that we have the the correct microphone on, we are good to go. Um. Ah, man, uh, Chris, it's good. It's good. We, I've been in I've been in a sports coma for uh-huh. like a week and a half. It's been it's been nice. <laughs> it it has been interesting, and uh, I I sent you a little uh, a little bet slip that uh, I I <laughs> may or may not have uh, taken part in earlier in the week. A twelve way parlay. Again, uh, this is a purely hypothetical for all all the, any any government agency listening. Purely hypothetical. But uh, in this hypothetical 12-way parlay, I got 10 of 12 and only lost because the 76ers shat the bed. And uh, today they shat the bed again, but in the in a very, very entertaining fashion. Yeah, I mean, when you want to talk about a team that's going to absolutely let your, their fans down and sports bettors across the world, it <laughs> is the Philadelphia 76ers. There is no doubt about that. I, I totally expected to lose today, so I'm not upset by the outcome. I didn't think there was a chance after what happened the other night with Dame that he wasn't going to get 50, and he got 51. 
And once Joel went out, I think Joel probably played about four minutes. Uh, you know, it was uh, it was a wrap, as the kids say, six minutes for Embiid. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And if you were somebody that had the Blazers minus three and a half, one of the morning lines, you're probably sitting there astonished at how it's even possible a Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons 76ers managed to cover that three and a half points. Is that uh, was the line three and a half? That's yeah, I think hilarious. It, I think this morning it was. Yeah, it's very funny. That's hilarious. Sixers shoot 46% from three. Blazers only 31%, and somehow. Don't get the win, but uh, I'll tell you the thing that is frustrating for me. Like I'm kind of ready to move on from Brett, and this has been a struggle for me because I genuinely like Brett Brown, the person in my position the whole time was. Well, you know, he coached through the bad times, he gets the opportunity to coach in the good times, but his rotations are perplexing to say to to say the best you could about it. Uh, you know, Sh- Shake Milton. I know you you sort of uh, were tied up in other things and didn't see a lot of the game, but Shake Milton had a little stretch where he looked just great in the first half, was being aggressive after he got knocked down on a flagrant foul from C.J. McCollum, and then Brett just kind of didn't play him again. So it was weird. You you don't have to you don't have to tell me twice about getting Brett Brown out of here. It's the rotations have never been good. They've never been good for the last three years. And part of it is we've had lackluster bench support, but that's, that's, you know, you have to kind of play with what you have in front of you. And he did that for three years where we tanked our way to, I don't know, still finishing in the bottom four of the Eastern conference every year. Um, It's, it's just, I think it's one of those things where like, the guys don't play for him anymore, and sometimes that just that just happens. Like it's just it's a coaching, it's something that happens in coaching all the time, and you see it across all sports, and you just kind of lose everybody. And it may not be the case, but it sure feels that way. Yeah, and in a game where Joel Embiid plays six minutes, for some reason Al Horford still only plays 22. It feels like Brett had the minutes that Al was gonna play. And he still just played those minutes, regardless of the guy in front of him getting hurt. Well, this almost feels like it's too much analytical stuff. You know mm. what I mean? It's it's you come in with this scientific method to how you should coach this game and who should play what minutes and that sort of thing. And there's no adapting. You just throw shit against the wall, basically. Mm. Like, hey, all right, this is what we came up with. This is what the computer spit out as to what our best way to win is. And that's what we're going to do. Uh, it's It's bizarre. It's just got to be really tough for the young guys, too, because, you know, Shake was finding his his rhythm, like I said, in the first half, and then it was just over. Randomly, Matisse played 33 minutes tonight, where, you know, a lot of games he was getting, f- like, five or six minutes in the bubble. Uh, you know, Alec Burks has seemed to be the guy who's benefited the most from the Simmons injury, and uh, it took this, I guess, to figure out that we have a, a legitimate bucket getter on the bench in Burks, infuriating as it was to me before as I was saying he should have been the sixth man from the second he was traded for but you know Burks has been really good and the confusing thing for me today I guess past all of the other confusing stuff that we've already talked about and the fact that as we speak Brooklyn is up 18 to 8 on the Clippers (laughs) which is nuts bubble basketball uh, but is that Tobias Harris seems to have fallen into this role where he accepts being the third option and usually he's the third option behind 
Joel and Ben. Today, he accepted being the third option behind Alec Burks and uh, Ella and um, Josh Richardson. Yeah, I mean, you almost—it's—it's it's crazy to to see like how not it's not aggressive. It's not like uh, he got 19 shots up, but he was completely completely invisible in the last quarter. Well, that's what it is. He almost like disappears during games. Uh, the 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 biggest eye opener was game one uh, against Indiana. He had the quietest like 25 points or whatever he scored. That's what yeah, Toby he, does. Yeah, he, it was it was unbelievably silent um, while while the Sixers were eviscerated by T.J. Warren. And by the way, the bubble's um, leading scorer. So let's not hate too much. Oh, that. No, no, no. Yeah, it's it, it is funny. Like, thank God he's played as well as he has after that and it, it wasn't just a, a blip on the radar to prove it how just how poor the Sixers played defensively in that game um, especially down the stretch it was you know he's that he's come on as like an unbelievable bucket getter yeah. uh, in the bubble the bubble's crazy man the it bubble is. is is some of the most bizarre basketball you're gonna see things just don't make any sense no, Phoenix is now 4-0 and after a win over Miami yesterday. It's, it's crazy. And I love that, speaking of Phoenix and speaking of TJ Warren, that Phoenix once traded TJ Warren for cash considerations. It's a rough, <sighs> it's a rough deal for Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he did have his injury troubles there, though. So kind of getting – it's one of those things where you kind of have to move on from a guy despite his potential. And now here we are. We're seeing his potential. He's lighting teams up for – 40s and 50s on a nightly basis. <laughs> and how about the battle of, well, I'm going to go ahead and say it, the two best players in basketball right now. We saw last night when, when Luka and those Mavericks took on Giannis and the Bucks, and, and the Mavs win in overtime. Yeah, that was another wild game. I mean, the the stuff that Luka does with the ball is so incredible. I mean, another triple double for him, which another is triple like double. it's just yeah. the, the guy the guy's just a triple double machine right now, and he's only gonna get better, which is the scary part. Like that's what everybody always says about Giannis. Like, oh, he's so young, he's only gonna get better. Well, yeah. Luka's younger than him. He's only going to get better. Like it's it's nuts. Yeah, Giannis is a, an old man, going to be 26 soon. Luca won't turn 22 until February. God. Like, How is that guy not the number one pick that year? Because people have a weird issue with international players. Because we had this stretch where international players were great. Everybody overdrafted them. And then we stopped believing in, in international players. But if you go back and you look at... You know, you search any of the the underdog Twitter or my personal Twitter, you will see me talking up Luka Doncic for two years before he came to the NBA. Uh, this is it was just so clear that what he was doing in the second best league in the world is something that no one had ever done before. No one had ever done it at that young age. He was Euroleague MVP as a 19-year-old. That's crazy. That's it's it's incredible how he can be overlooked in this situation. He was. Like he's just—if you watch his games, he's so phenomenal, and and he kind of—it it looks like effortless, which is, mm. I guess, the best way to describe it. Uh, It's—he's uh, gonna be that that Mavs team going forward. As long as they don't screw up the stuff around him, they're gonna be very good for a very long time because of him. Well, and it certainly helps that they got traded Porzingis basically for nothing. But the thing <laughs> yeah. that scares me the most about Luca is like, and I said this to you via text yesterday, he's not in shape. Can you yeah. imagine how good this guy is going to be when he loses the baby weight? I mean, he's going to be absolutely incredible once he can dial all that in. Like, 
just from a stamina perspective, from a strength perspective. I mean, you know, guys usually don't hit their like prime prime for another few years based on where he's at age-wise. It's 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 going to be something to certainly contend with uh, in from Dallas. And I don't maybe this is sort of a hypocritical stance when we're talking about these kinds of body types. But where I see that as a positive for Luca, every single time I watch Zion, I'm terrified. Just terrified. Because he does not look like a basketball player. And joints are not made to take the kind of stress that you know that they're put under when a 285-pound guy is running like that, jumping like that, and making those kind of cuts. Yeah, yeah, it's... I, you do wonder if that's part of the reason why they've been restricting him so much. Yeah. Uh, you know, this in, in this weird bubble. Like, obviously, he had the family issue. He had to leave. But he, he certainly hasn't been getting a ton of minutes. They already saw the preseason injury. I, I guess it's keeping as much mileage off of him as you possibly can in this weird sort of year. Uh, you know, it's almost kind of worth it. It's not like the Pelicans were going to win the NBA championship. Why... Why waste, you know, those extra miles on him? No, but I did desperately hope to see a uh, see the the Blazers jump up to the eighth spot, especially after Jaron Jackson Jr. got hurt in Memphis, and watch a uh, you know a play-in series from the Pelicans and the Blazers. I thought that would have been really fun, but the Pelicans just uh, aren't living up to that right now. No, yeah, and it's surprising. I can't believe how poorly they've actually played in inside the bubble. And obviously, like we said, part of it is. You know, you're not playing your, one of your better players for a majority of the game. But it just – I feel like that team has so much young talent and, and a little bit of veteran, you know, leadership with Redick in there. It's, it's kind of bizarre that they haven't been better. The thing that occurs to me when I watch the Pelicans play is that they sort of have an uh, like a Joel Embiid, Al Horford kind of problem. Not so much in position redundancy, but in two guys who just don't seem to fit together – with Zion and Brandon Ingram. When Brandon Ingram's a guy who just needs the ball, and when he has the ball, he can get you points, he can be productive. He's not a guy who plays well off of the basketball, and when Zion's in the game, the first, second, and third look on any play is how do we get the ball to Zion? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's uh, Ingram's such a, an enigma to me because he is so talented when he has the basketball. Yeah. But, like, obviously he was needed in the trade uh, from the Lakers to to, to facilitate all that, you know, yeah, to get AD sure. there. Um, but it, it almost felt like he didn't fit well with LeBron either. Like, I, I, no, I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't know what it is. It's almost like you have to build a team just around his skill set um, and, and have a lot more ancillary players than, I guess, ball-dominant people. Brandon Ingram, to me, is, has a Josh Richardson problem where he, if he is your primary option on offense, he's great. If you ask him to go stand in the corner, he just kind of disappears. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I honestly couldn't agree more. It's it's crazy. And that's one of the, the many reasons that as much as I like Josh Richardson, I'm hoping that he and Al Horford are both moved this offseason for pieces that make sense because you just can't have – you can't have five guys on the court who all want the basketball at the same time. There need to be complementary players, and in this case, you need to add a couple of complementary shooters. It's and both Horford and Richardson should go for you know the best shooting two or three that they can find because in this NBA, Toby's a four, he's not a three. So you need to fill the two, the two and the three spot. And by the way, I'm assuming that Simmons is the point guard here because 
quite frankly, he looks a hell of a lot better at point guard than anybody else in this lineup and looks a little bit lost at power forward to me. So I'm gonna say hmm. I'm gonna say Ben's the point guard and I'm gonna I'm gonna find shooters around him. Who would have thought that changing his position for some random reason going into a bubble would make any sense? Especially, Not me. Especially when you don't have a clear-cut second point guard. They're trying to shoehorn Shake into the position, and he's a two. You know, at best, he's a combo guard. He doesn't have that, I'm looking to run a play to set set the offense up. He doesn't have that sort of court vision. He has the, I'm looking to get, you know, get myself a bucket when he's aggressive. A lot of times, he's just kind of on the court and seems happy to be there. Chris, why are you overlooking Raul Neto? Uh, he's out of the rotation it. as of today. Mm, mm, shocking. I wonder why. Is it because he stinks? Probably. That I don't know. Very well could be it. And I don't want to hear <laughs> that they should have kept Trey Burke nonsense because... I'm 100% going to argue that, but that's what? fine. Oh, that's ridiculous. Trey Burke also not a point guard. but <laughs> That's look, also true. Next next year, we've uh, there's a, a gentleman who I'm not sure if you're familiar with his name right now. His name is Vasily Mitrik. And uh, you will get to know him very well in Philadelphia next year, as will a lot of other Philadelphia fans. Michik was actually uh, part of—he's going to be the last gift that uh, Sam Hinkie ever gives the Philadelphia 76ers. He was drafted in 2014 late, and uh, Michik has been absolutely outstanding over the last two years playing point guard uh, in the Euro League for for Dolo Efes or or Olympiacos. Regardless, I, I forget which team he's on right now because those he's he's on FS because F, everybody you know everybody played for FS at some point who was played internationally for us. Dario was over there, Cork Moss was over there, and uh, you know he's he's won some awards internationally. The guy is he's a basketball player. Now he's also built a little bit more like Luca. He's not your traditional NBA athlete, but he is an outstanding point guard with deep deep range. So look for Mitrick, who apparently wants to come over to sign a deal with Philadelphia this offseason as the Sixers own his rights. Well, that's perfectly fine. Let's bring him in. I'm willing to try anything at this point because this team has been nothing but frustrating to watch. Like, it's the – the Indiana game is really what bothered me, I think, the most um, because they, they look like they go through these lulls and these stretches in these games where they just don't care. Like, they don't yeah. play hard. It's – it's bizarre, and I'm sure they are playing hard. That's it's obviously probably not the case, and I'm just a dumb fan sitting there. But it, that's the way it comes off. It's almost is like we're too good for this. Does that make sense? Like I get it. I get yeah, it. Like we're we're better than this team. It is what it is. The Washington you know, game was very much that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You barely squeaked that one out. And by the way, for uh, anybody who's interested in seeing Mitrick, you'll get a little preview early on, uh, assuming there are Olympics. Next summer, he'll he should be uh, one of the better players on that Serbian team. That should be very very good. So that's fun. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Chris, and I'm here to let you know that this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why is brought to you in part by Let's Get Checked, the leading provider of at-home health tests. Are you looking to improve your male hormone health? Well, with Let's Get Checked, you can do a simple at-home health test that will give you the complete picture of your hormonal health in just five days. Did you know that in the last 40 years, healthy sperm counts have dropped by 50 
10% globally. This is the epidemic that no one talks about. Hormonal imbalances and reduced levels of testosterone are becoming a huge concern for men these days. Male hormones are important for so many different reasons such as sperm production, maintaining a healthy sex drive, and maintaining muscle strength and mass. If you suffer from any of the following things, it may be a symptom of hormonal imbalances. Low energy or fatigue, erectile dysfunction, low sex drive or a low libido, infertility, anxiety or depression, or bloating and headaches? So how does this work? The test is delivered straight to your door. You just have to self-collect your blood sample from the tip of your finger, mail the sample back to their accredited laboratories in a prepaid label, and receive support and guidance from the LGC medical team, who are available 24-7 to offer you the personalized advice you need to know your hormonal health. This week, Let's Get Checked wants to invite you to join their community with 30% off using our discount code HERESWHY30, H-E-R-E-S-W-H-Y-3-0. This is good information for you to have. Head over to letsgetchecked.com today, L-E-T-S-G-E-T-C-H-E-C-K-E-D.com and get yourself checked. Hey guys, it's Chris and uh, sports are back. And over at Bet Online, you're going to find all the action you can handle. Major League Baseball has returned, the NBA has returned, the NHL has returned, and we've had boxing and NASCAR and soccer for, for a while now. Bet Online has all of the best odds and lines for the upcoming games or matches. Need more? Bet Online also has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every single day live for you to check out. Looking for something other than sports? Fair enough. Bet Online also has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all of the best props in the business. They're a lot of fun. Visit betonline.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today. Don't forget to use our promo code PODCAST1, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-O-N-E, for that new welcome bonus. Head over to BetOnline to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. And don't forget that promo code PODCAST1. BetOnline your online wagering experts. All right, Gregory, we're back. Second half of the show, and I want to talk about what's going on in college football, or rather what's about to not be going on in college football. Seems like the Big Ten is on the precipice of canceling fall sports entirely, including football. We don't know whether or not they're going to try and push it back to the spring but it seems like they're about to cancel it for the fall. We've already seen a handful of colleges announce that they won't be putting out, uh, you know, they won't have intercollegiate athletics in 2020-2021. What do you think should happen, and what do you think is about to happen with college football? Well, I'm pretty confident it's going it's going to get canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, just based off everything you read on the internet and Twitter, and you follow it along, and it's it it just doesn't seem like there's any sort of clear path that makes sense for them to actually play. And it's honestly a shame because college football had such a long runway. Yeah. Right. They had such a long runway to try and figure something out. And obviously with the amateur bull, uh, BS, um, it's quite all right. The the, word he was going to say is bullshit. Yes. The amateur bullshit that they play around with, Oh, this and that. And like, it it almost adds that extra layer of difficulty to Mm -hmm. all of this. But it's it's just bizarre to to think that that they couldn't have figured something out. Like yeah. they couldn't have figured something out to get it going. I mean, we've we've known that this was going to be a problem since well, you would have hoped that it wasn't going to be a problem. But as things went on, it, you were pretty it was pretty clear that that 
there were going to be issues in going forward with this season. And there just feels like everyone just dropped the ball mm-hmm. at every single level. It's it's honestly a shame. It's a shame for the kids. It's a shame for the the, the you know the fans. It's a shame for everyone involved. I mean, universities are going to lose so much money. They're mm-hmm. going to lose. They're going to have to cut other sports and things like that because of it and funding. It's 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 just it's just awful. Like it's it's awful any way you really slice it. And I just have zero confidence that we're going to see any form of college football until at least next year. Yeah, we've already seen a lot of high-profile players opt out of the season. You know, including your own. Uh, alum Micah Parsons at uh, Penn State. We've seen Caleb Fairley at Virginia Tech. We saw um, Jason Bateman, Rashad Bateman (laughs) at Minnesota. Watched game night a couple of nights ago, underrated comedy. And uh, today Jalen Tywin at Pitt, the uh, undersized, super talented defensive tackle, opted out. This is not going to stop anytime soon. I'm pretty sure I forgot a relatively big name in there. It's just, oh God, it's difficult, it's, uh, and it does seem like there a decision is going to come in the next couple of days about whether or not there's going to be fall football. It's going to be interesting to see whether or not it's left the door sort of left open a little bit, or whether it's canceled entirely. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that they leave it open for at least a little bit. I don't know if they're going to come down with the full swing of everything's canceled, but I think that once you open that up even a little bit, I think it's going to lean towards eventually a full cancellation. It may not happen this week, but I think it happens uh, in the very near future. Well, and I've said this numerous times in the past, but pushing the start back to spring is a logistical nightmare, and it's going to be the asterisks of all asterisk seasons for college football. Because it's gonna it's gonna coincide with the NFL draft and there's no getting around that. So at some point late in the season, you're gonna, you know college football is gonna lose 255 of its best players. Yeah, well, well it's actually funny. One of my buddies like uh, when I brought that up, or we were talking about it earlier. He had mentioned he had mentioned something like, oh well, they would just push the draft back. Yeah, the NFL no doesn't way. care. The NFL does not give one iota of a shit about uh, if college football is being no. played and them running the draft. They will run it that day 100%. They do not care. Yeah, so, there's a very specific schedule, and they're going to keep it. If the NFL pushes the draft back, then they're losing many camps and they're losing the other options to integrate those players. Right, and they also have setups for live, like live attendance at these drafts. Mm-hmm. If that's an option, if that's an option at this time or you know at that time next year, there will the be. The NFL is going to want to do that. Well, I, I sure hope so. I, I'm confident in, that in it as well, but it's more just the, the, the you know, the whole point of it. It's I, I just I, there's just no way they would give one shit about about it. No, and I just can't imagine anyone of any actual quality actually playing college football and risking injury once they've been drafted into the NFL. I think the only guys who maybe do it are like second and third round picks. First round picks, no shot, too much money. Past that, you're fighting for a roster spot, and an injury takes you out of that conversation. It's yeah. uh, it's going to be an absolute disaster. But you know, it seems like the players certainly want to play. And as much as he just kind of annoys me because of his like weird horse face, uh, Tre- <laughs> Trevor Lawrence has emerged as a real leader in college football. He put out a really long tweet today that made a lot of sense. That you know. 
it's actually safer for players to be playing college football than to be back at home making poor decisions, not social distancing, blah, blah, blah. He is among the, the group that tweeted out, you know, we want to play, echoing the NFL's sentiments from, I guess, two or three weeks ago. And I was joined by Justin Fields from Ohio State as well, for another former Penn State Nittany Lion commit. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just, I do not believe, I guess Sam Howell from North Carolina was may have been the first person who it was attributed to, but uh, I just, I, I don't think it's going to have the same effect that it did in the NFL. Well, I mean, these universities need this money. That's the, I'm sure like if you, yeah. if you're sitting in on these meetings, like didn't the big 10 have that meeting today or yesterday or whatever? Uh, I mean, there, this is, you talk about a logistical nightmare of, of, you know, trying to do a spring season, the financial nightmare these universities are going to face from from this That's true. is is far far going to outweigh some some bad logistics in in the spring. Um, like I, I don't I don't you know I can't hate on a player that's going to leave and I can't hate on a player that wants to play. Like that's that's their decision. They they you only get to do it once, right? They only get yeah. that experience one time. They're willing to go out there and they want to go play. I I respect them for that. Is it the best decision? I don't know. Who knows? There's safety precautions and things like that that in this weird climate that we're in that have to be taken. And it's it seems pretty obvious when you look at certain situations like a Rutgers that they're not being taken. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I'm looking at the preseason top 25 right now to see who would be potentially the most unaffected. And because you know when it when it comes down to bowl season, this is going to play a huge part. Clemson obviously going to be decimated, including their superstar quarterback. Same for Ohio State. Alabama is going to have a younger quarterback, either uh, either Mac Jones or Bryce Young, but they're going to just absolutely get destroyed by underclassmen declarations. LSU is going to get destroyed. Georgia is going to get destroyed, especially if Jamie Newman plays well. Then they're going to lose their quarterback as well, more likely than not. Oregon's interesting. Oregon doesn't have. I mean, I guess you lose uh, Sewell, the the stud tackle, and um, uh, that's pretty. I guess that's pretty much it for what they the major players they would lose. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. Oklahoma is in a pretty good position. Penn State's in a really good position. If you can get past having already lost Parsons, you're probably just worried about Fryermuth. Um, yeah, I would say those three teams are in really good shape. I can't find anybody on this list who's just. I'm looking for that like uh, that like Florida International yeah. team who's just or UCF or somebody Boise like that. State. Maybe North. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe North Carolina actually, if, unless Sam Howell leaves. But he also may be a. I'm not sure if he's a redshirt sophomore or, tr- or a true sophomore. Um, but. Yeah, and then there is UCF at 20. Mm. So. Yeah, got to keep them in the rankings. Uh, no, I, I mean, I agree with you, man. It's, it's, uh, But the only thing with that is even if they do get decimated, so many of these, these you know, programs are plug and play at a certain point. Yeah. Like you got five stars backing up five stars in some situations that sure. it, it, it will be interesting to see how teams could adapt in a situation like that. Like, all right, we're losing our left tackle, our starting running back, our quarterback, and potentially like a, a you know a top tier secondary guy. You know what I mean? Like, we're gonna lose them all at once. Here we have to figure it out. How good are these backups? How good are these guys truly who are coming in and and they'd be looking at getting their first taste of college football? So, 
I don't know. I hope it plays out differently, but it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a long week for anyone who's a college football fan. Yeah, I hope we figure out a way to get these games played as long as we can do it safely. But uh, I that I am not confident in. I do believe that we're gonna try to start the NFL season on time. I wonder how much the NFL is taking from what's going on in baseball right now, especially. You know, the, Mar- the Marlins were bad. The Cardinals were worse. Yeah. And we sort of weathered both of those storms. It's just going to have to come in the same way. It's going to have to come with the caveat that, you know, if this happens, you know, there's not going to be a makeup game in the NFL. If if you're, if you know, if you have a massive outbreak like the Cardinals did with their 19th player testing positive the other day, that's it. It's a forfeit until you can get a team that doesn't test positive. There's not going to be double headers. You know, we're not playing. I made the joke last week that we're going to play 40 minute double headers because that's what baseball <laughs> would do. And boy, it's just, it's not going to be the case. Boy, do the Phillies stink. I, they well, Sp- stink. I, I feel bad for Spencer Howard. Well, wow, it's a tough, tough position to be in today. Uh, it just, just a, just an awful, awful, awful double header for the Phillies today. Yeah. I mean, for some reason, it seemed like they were apprehensive about committing to him. I don't know if they wanted to have it be a surprise or what, but even Howard himself said it seemed like he was the last person in the world who knew he was starting today. And that's not how you beat a, de- a team with a decent lineup. No, not even a tiny bit. And, you know, you talk about a Braves team that's poised to, to go out there and win a division in a regular year. Yeah. It's just it's bad. Their hitting's bad. They're, they're everything. Everything's bad. You know what's not bad, Chris? You know the one what's thing that? right now in Philadelphia sports that isn't bad? Uh, that, I know you're going to talk about this fringe sport. That is the Philadelphia MLS. Flyers. The number one seed in the Eastern Conference Philadelphia Flyers. And if my kids weren't sleeping, I'd be yelling into this microphone. You want to talk about a team... If you were a real fan, you'd be yelling into that microphone. <laughs> if, if you want to talk about a team that came back from a 145-day layoff and just absolutely hit the ground running... Just taking out top seed after top seed, and and not even not even competitive games. I mean, this was yeah. th- this was a shellacking. You outscored these top seeds like eleven to five or eleven to four over the course mm-hmm. of these three games. Relentless on defense, so deep on the on the blue line, scoring at will. It, this is, I, I mean, I've never been more excited. I I cannot wait. I thank Montreal for taking Pittsburgh out of the playoff scenario in that five game qualifying series it was it was a job well done by the montreal canadians and i can't wait to send them home over the course of the next week and a half and move on to the second round oh it's so exciting it is the most exciting imagine imagine being the fan of a philadelphia sports team that isn't a complete disappointment almost every year well and now everyone's going with this conspiracy theory that the penguins are going to end up winning the lottery and add the uh the, oh. the Canadian left left winger to Crosby for the next decade. Oh, buddy, that's not a conspiracy theory. That is a fact. One one hundred percent going to happen. Hey, this this is this is the Pittsburgh luck, though. That's how this works. They were going to move to Kansas City. They sw- uh, at the last minute, Mario swooped in, and we're keeping the team in Pittsburgh, and we're good. And then we magically get number one pick after number one pick. It's the Cavs. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers of the NHL. It's bizarre. Oh, only they didn't take Anthony Bennett. Well, that's accurate. They did not take <laughs> Anthony Bennett, and they won more championships than the Cavs. So. I guess, I guess it's they were a little more successful in the plan. 
Oh, gosh. Yeah, Alexis Lafreniere is the, the the Canadian winger I was talking about, the presumptive number oh, yeah. one pick this year. It's... So that that would be great. No, 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 it wouldn't. I'd be very upset. <laughs> but honestly, honestly, if if we somehow manage to make our way to the Stanley Cup final and potentially win a Stanley Cup final, even in the weird COVID year. I really don't care. I, like, good. They, Penguins can have Lafren. They can have all the first top ten picks of the draft. I don't care. Because uh, I probably would. I probably would still I, care I, about that. But <laughs> I'll, ta- I'll take a cup over literally anything right now. I would probably still care about that. I don't want to brag, but I did watch part of one period of I, hockey since the Flyers have been back. I texted it to I you. I have never been more shocked at reading something on my phone. I was more shocked at that picture than the day I got the notification that the NCAA tournament was canceled. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> and that is that I was casually watching part of a hockey it was, game. It was, it was, I, I mean, that just, that just doesn't happen. No, yeah, well, <laughs> it was on my TV and I didn't turn it off. But I remember if we got the second pick in the draft a couple of years ago. How's that guy doing? Uh, so Nolan Patrick's been out pretty much all year with migraine issues. Uh, of course. He took he took a bad hit late last year. He's actually he was starting to come into his own uh, and be a really good productive member of the team, and they just got a, a bad hit and it's been sort of migraines ever since. And they they haven't really talked a lot about it. Um, it mm. was it was interesting to see that he wasn't on the postseason roster. So you kind of oh, you, you kind of wonder not encouraging right yeah you kind of wonder if that's you know, they didn't want to rush him back to try and gel with the team as for as good as they were, and you kind of just let him figure it out, and the more rest, the better, or it's something that this is still a serious, lingering issue. I mean, those the headaches and stuff like that, from they've ended multiple players' careers. I mean, Crosby's dealt mm-hmm. with it, you know, and missed significant time due to due to those types of injuries, you know, in his in his long, esteemed career. So it's something you have to deal with in hockey. Patrick's a really good player, and he was sort of really starting to, like I said, come into his own and, and, and you know, starting to make a real impact at the NHL level, and it just uh, it kind of got derailed here for a little bit. Well, anytime the conversation turns to hockey, that means the show is about <laughs> over, and that is the case here. A uh, quick episode for us as we're recording a little bit later than we typically do because Greg selfishly went on mm. vacation and didn't even consider the show, although he did say we could try to tape while he was gone. <laughs> uh, so so my argument falls apart a little bit. For Greg Crone, I'm Chris Howardell. This has been You're Wrong and Here's Why. We thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.